my name is not important. What is important is what I'm going to do. I just fucking hate this world and the human worms feasting on its carcass. My whole life is just cold, bitter hatred. And I always wanted to die violently. This is a time of vengeance, and no life is worth saving. And I will put in the grave as many as I can. It's time for me to kill. And it's time for me to die. My genocide crusade begins here. Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name's Trevor Strunk, um, Hagelbond on Twitter, and with us is Brock Wilson. Or Brock, <laughs> I'm gonna actually just start over. Why did I think your name was Brock Wilson? I'm so sorry. You about know what? That. Let's keep that. I want to be Brock Wilson from now on. No, no, you have to be Brock Wilbur. Your actual <laughs> name. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guessed on the uh, the Gilmore Guys podcast, and the first time they had me on. Uh, one of the two of them introduced me as Clock Wilbur, Clock. and uh, we left that in, and that's been a that's been a wonderful thing for their fandom to refer to me as. Hey, you guys remember Clock, right? Oh, okay, no, now you're now you're a Clock Wilson. Uh, <laughs> it just keeps getting better. This it, is great. No, this hey, is really good. On. Uh, so Brock Wilbur, um, you're at Brock Wilbur on Twitter, unless I'm totally mistaken. Um, and, uh, and yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself. I think, um, I, I think this is the first time I've had someone on that we became followers and friends based solely on the fact that someone, um, added you about the podcast. So that's, you know, pretty <laughs> And cool. demanded that I show up and be on it. And I yeah. think that that's fair enough. Uh, I'm a Los Angeles based comedian and writer. I do a lot of stuff for Polygon and places like that. Uh, I have a, a book coming out in the Boss Fight book series. Uh, co-written by Nathan Rabin, which is a history of the game Portal. I mean, uh, not Portal. That would have been much more fun. Uh, Postal. <laughs> oh, uh, cool. Which, uh, oh boy. So he writes mostly about the UV Bowl film adaptation. Sure. And I had to go back and play the 1997 game for the first time because I wasn't allowed to play it as a kid <laughs> because why would you be? Sure, of course. Uh, and uh, was just sort of like, wow, I, I, I don't... Uh, get any of this uh and then when i was done uh, with the book went out to interview the guys who made it out in arizona and that was just uh a real fun weekend of staying with some people that you're like i think you might be sociopaths i don't know wow so the so the creator like i, I remember playing that when i was a kid um, i don't think i played it in 97 because i would have been eight and i can't i can't imagine anyone let me play it at eight but uh <laughs> <laughs> probably a little later um but the, the, and we and we and we were just in the wrong point just a little bit before like pirating was yeah. easy enough that an eight year old would have figured out how to get this. <laughs> yeah, no pirating pirating that as an eight year old would have been tough in ninety seven. It would have been like just outside <laughs> the bounds of a of a normal eight year old's ability. Uh, uh, like nine times when I started getting like Marilyn Manson songs off the internet. So yeah, it's it's that it's that same time. <laughs> and so this like, is the Marilyn Manson of video games. So there you go. Fun. No, it. it <laughs> That's an unbelievable uh, analogy, actually. Uh, so they're they're as like they're as strange as you would expect. The the creators. That's like an incredible. They still uh, do a podcast about the game in 2017, yeah. and I was on the drive out. At, uh, basically, I, I got like uh, you can come today, but after this, we're actually going to be gone for a long time. So I got in the car to head mm. out there, and my wife was like, "What are you hoping is going to happen?" And I was like, "Well, I hope I get out there and I meet them and like." These guys that made their entire career around this sort of 
being like the radio shock jock of video games will be just a little bit smarter than I think, just a little bit more aware. Uh, and about 30 minutes into my drive, I listened to their podcast that they record. <laughs> and the first 15 minutes of it, they said, uh, I don't know why there's a Black History Month. Oh. I don't think the trans people are people. And like two or three other things. And I was like, okay, so they're just going to be exactly what you expect. Wow. I thought that must... I, I, man, if you would have asked me, I would have told you the game had to have some sort of self-awareness. Um <laughs> And they and they do insist that there is a self awareness there, but I'm like, but but where? I need yeah. you to point at those things. Yeah, I mean it would it would almost you can't have. Oh, we're getting way off topic, but this is fascinating. You can't you can't have like the you can have a game that's like openly violent, call it postal, and then have the self awareness. I think you should have if you're then like, <laughs> oh yeah, but also I believe everything that's like a talking yeah. point from Fox News. Exactly, and and I, I again, having not played the game uh, before, I was playing it in my living room, uh, and uh, my wife walked in just as I hit the end of the game, which, if you might remember, the last level is just you blowing up a, an elementary school, yes. and this was a year and a half previous to Columbine, uh, and <laughs> this game gets to be blamed in... There's a there's too many bands that get blamed for Columbine, but this game gets to be very directly blamed because they they chose to do that. And those guys are like, yeah, now every time there's a school shooting, someone wants this on TV. And this is 20 years later, and I'm like, so weirdly, like the the, the heritage of your thing is to is to become pundits in that same way that feeds back into that Fox News narrative. It's like, well, here's a guy that's been blamed for violence, but maybe he really gets a killer's mind, and you're like, he does not. He's just <laughs> Uh, actually, the the thing that came out of it was that the the guy who who made it uh, has awards around his house that were handed to him personally multiple times by Barbara Bush, and I was like, mm. "What is the backstory here?" And he has worked in video games. He's released something on every console that's ever existed, so that's how early he got in. Uh, and he was the head developer and owner of the company that worked on the first licensed property, which was Sesame Street. So that guy spent 10 years oh, making no. Sesame Street games, and then one day was like, you know what, what about just something where we shot people and we heard them scream a bunch, and it was like, let's go make that. I was like, you know what, that's actually the humanizing thing that I was looking for. You made educational software for just too long, and at some point, you, you've got to execute some people. That's fine. It's like the... It's like that. Uh, it's like what Michelangelo said about uh, about sculpting. When people asked him how he made the David, he said, "Like, oh, you take a block of maybe, uh, maybe this isn't true or not." But he says, "You take a block of marble and and you just uh, you chip away what isn't the sculpture." And like in a way, mm -hmm. it's like the way you make postal. The way you make postal is to just create <laughs> for ten years what exactly is not postal. Um, I tried to shape children, and then I shaped too many children, but the opposite <laughs> direction. And I realized, I realized the horrible mass within was was postal so i released on every platform <laughs> man yeah, I mean, a guy that made educational software for years and 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 in fact when they made postal uh, he took basically the c team of developers from their studio and i was like <laughs> this is just a thing i want to make uh and everyone else there was still making like sesame street games and a number of people were like we can't work at a company with the same name as whatever this little weird sexual nightmare thing is that you're doing and he was like okay <laughs> yeah I, I man it's it's amazing it's amazing to think about uh the development of postal that way and just the way that the industry has changed between 
you know, then and I forget what hate. Do you remember that game Hatred that came out? Does that does I, that ever? I just played it uh, for what? this project. They actually <laughs> produced a playable version of it. Oh yeah, it's been on Steam. Yeah, for oh, two years. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I but I remember there being such an outcry about it and such like the the guy had to like really uh, augment what he was doing with it, um, or at least like the release uh, ambitions of it. In any in any case. Um, oh well, that's because it was a, a their actual Nazis that made it, like not in an internet way. <laughs> oh, blah. let me ask you. This is this is this is the last. I, I won't I won't make you tell me everything about the book because I want people to buy it because it sounds <laughs> really good. Um, uh, uh, but do you think that do you think that the actual Nazis making it kind of uh, do you think that sort of like perfects the idea of postal is it sort of like a more perfect well, that, postal and, and that's that what way? makes it so funny is that the postal guys fucking hate those dudes because they're like hey look at these guys that stole postal from us Ugh. and so but there's spots on the ideological spectrum seem so close to each other uh that they uh, and i didn't know this until i found it on their facebook page the other day but uh, they've actually released a mod for postal that just goes ahead and puts the hatred main character dude in as the main postal oh, guy. Oh, no. It's like, it, but this now feels like homage. Or, like, you guys don't right. get intricacies of these smaller things. Yeah, no, that was exactly what I was getting. Subtlety uh, is not the postal guy's uh, strength. And <laughs> <laughs> that That is actually totally shocking. I would have thought that, that was their <laughs> <No>. main thing. <laughs> really? Uh, and speaking of people that worked on... Uh, things that wind up being different things. Uh, I don't know how many of the boss fight books you've read, but the guy who's the editor of it, uh, Gabe Durham, uh, did a book, and his game that he wrote about was Bible Adventures, which this ties mm. us back into the podcast. There you go. For tonight, uh, which I don't know if you remember, but it was... Uh, oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, and they did, like, Super Noah's Ark 3D, which is literally just... Uh, they bought uh, Wolfenstein 3D and just replaced the Nazis with sheep. <laughs> they go to sleep when you shoot him with a slingshot, but it's the same maps and levels, item by item. Uh, but that book is just action-packed with all these people that uh, wind up working at this Christian company who either before or after working on this make video games about how George Bush is going to go uh, fuck Saddam Hussein in the ass with a nuke and, and things like that. And you're like, we, the idea that everyone in games just sort of has a mortgage to pay uh, really comes up in that in a way that I'm like, I get it. We all need a job at the end of the day. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, the 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 way you're talking about this, I mean, it makes me feel this sort of like cringy nostalgia, and I, cringy because it's it's an actual real nostalgia for that <laughs> for that time in like I don't know 2000, like 1998 to 2002 maybe, where <laughs> you know Newgrounds existed and yes. all this all this cheap. Uh, you know, you, like uh, the idea of like cheap demos and stuff existed, where just the most tasteless and awful things were created as video oh, games. I shut up so many schools on Newgrounds. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. This just seemed like that was like the thing. People were just like, How "There's can probably we... a book to be written about that period of time when <laughs> uh, when anyone that wanted to make a, a game uh, could, and that that's not the best. That's not the best <laughs> thing. Not everyone should have the access to do that." <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's also, I mean, it's amazing, and actually I'll pivot this into the podcast too, but it's amazing that we decided uh, at, at a certain point as like a zeitgeist that the thing we needed to perfect was 
like the aesthetic moment of the school shooting. Like we just need to perfect this <laughs> this representation somehow. I I I think that what would have drawn me into this is it, well, their mistake here was going isometric instead of first person. Yeah, I, there you go. It's, it's just and and, and it was a risk. Uh, they re-released the game uh, on Steam, uh, remade in a new engine like two or three years ago, and they changed the ending so the elementary school thing isn't there anymore. Uh, and I was like, hey, this is such a weird pivot for you guys that seem to want to court controversy. You didn't, like, change it to make, like, you're going to go blow up a gay pride parade or something. Like, you didn't make it something more offensive. <laughs> she I was just like, took it out. Yeah, they they took it out and they replaced it. The the way the new game ends is that instead of uh, blowing up a grade school, your character walks up the steps of a church, which I was like, okay, here we go. Uh, and then the church doors are locked, so you can't get in. And so you walk up a very long field, uh, which is a weirdly cinematic thing for this game. Uh, and then you see that there is a, a funeral going on, and it's your funeral. Uh, and that's the end of the game. What? Exactly. I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I had, I just that whole weekend was just like, I have so many questions. <laughs> and the worst part was like, I, I, I played Postal One and, and wrote about that, and that's the majority of the book. And then like right before I went to interview them, I was like, well, I probably have to play Postal Two just to understand. And I loved Postal Two. It's a <laughs> genuinely funny game that like keeps all of its jokes. Uh, like there's no cutscenes or anything, so every, everything's sort of like told environmentally. And I was like, this is it's it's maybe smarter than they knew what they were doing. Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, did you did you ask them what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. I, like that just seems like that's the perfect question that you have to ask them at that point. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, uh, I, I, the book is supposed to be about twenty five thousand words in total, and me and Nathan both turned in. Uh, Separate halves that were both fifty thousand words. I'm sure your editor loves that. <laughs> so it's just like, you know what? Good luck. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. edit this down to the important parts, and and that does not even include me writing up yet uh, this whole trip to Arizona to meet with them, which is probably another ten oh. words. Of yeah, this, seriously. Like, we got this. Every part's we important. Sat down. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so there's, it, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. We should we should just have another podcast on postal. <laughs> just like uh, I should divide my book into two. It's yeah, fine. <laughs> exactly. Anna, I mean, I would read that whole interview, but um, <laughs> so it's it's interesting, and it goes right to your point about uh, so we're we're talking about religion today uh, a little bit, and um, it's interesting that they decide to end postal with that um, basically like a sort of it's not redemptive. I guess if you got into the church and blew it up, it would be like counter redemptive and a sort of like. Uh, you know, I don't know, heavy metal sort of like fighting yeah. Satan in hell kind of way. Um, but, you know, Which would have been to... a great ending that you blow up a church and then you wind up in hell and that seems to fit closer to their, yeah. Yeah, but there's like, there's the moment where you go through the field, right, as you were describing it, and you, yeah. you get to your funeral, and that's this, this very, I mean, the reason it confuses me, maybe it's the same reason it confuses you, is it's very, you know, metaphysical and unexpected and... You know, it can't be contemplative because it's postal. And there are a couple people. There are a few people standing around at your funeral, which is weird that anyone would miss this guy. Uh, yeah, right. Why would like, anyone uh, go to that funeral? But, like, uh, they're the first people you've encountered in the level, and the whole game is just about shooting everything. So you 
can still keep firing your weapons, but the weapons have no effect on them. And I was like, well, shit, maybe there's, that's, that's kind of interesting. That raises some questions and <laughs> what was the whole game a dream, etc. Yeah. And I mean, there's, it, it, it's interesting that like switching their, their move to switch that ending from the ending of blowing up the school is this way of questioning the kind of like humanity of the main character in a way that I think no one who, who was playing the game actually wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that would be my guess, anyway. And to, and to be fair, in that elementary school episode uh, that that ends the game, uh, you you can shoot all your guns and throw all your grenades and stuff, uh, and you're on the playground with the children, uh, but nothing uh, can actually hurt the kids. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it, both things have this sort of idea that like suddenly, and 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 the ending that follows is like a cutscene remains the same that like you wind up in a mental asylum and they're talking about how you've had a break with reality because of societal pressures which postal 2 and postal 3 do a lot better of this idea that uh the mundanity of life is actually what's destroying us which is kind of fucking clever and i really like uh some of their takes on that but that one's that that take on it and so the the impotency of like having these giant guns that you've had the whole game and being unable to affect the outcome of your life, I guess, that I, crap, now I've got to go back and re-edit this, this chapter. Yeah, I you just came up with the perfect end. Yeah, that's a, that's, it's, it's, there's, there's something really interesting about that, that you can't get out of it. But there's also, like, uh, what I loved about it when I was playing it was that the first episode, uh, the first level of the game, uh, you just walk out of your house and there's a moving van there. And, and I guess based on what I read in the instruction manual, you were forced evicted or something. Uh, But basically there's like a large road in front of your house and the police are coming up in a SWAT team and everyone's just attacking you. There's no reason you've just been evicted from your house, Uh, but you can't just go left on this road. And then you have to go right on this road and that goes through the level. But then every level that follows it for 27 levels, uh, is that same road? Uh, so it's sort of this idea that there's this like inescapable narrative of human life where I'm just like, <laughs> why couldn't I just go around the truck and leave clearly the other direction that doesn't wind up at a military base? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> the other direction's just like a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, call you like this is this is uh, that version of the. Uh, Far Cry 4, where you uh, just sit at the table at the beginning for 10 minutes, and then right. he comes back in and says, here's your kingdom! <laughs> <laughs> I love... <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, why... Yeah. Well, so, one of the things that I think we could talk about in terms of, like, why these games include these metaphysical questions, or why these games include these metaphysical endings is, like there is this question of motive, even in games that aren't postal. Obviously, postal has a, has a question of motive. It's so far yeah, there's, as like, a que- there's a lot of questions of motive. There's a general, there's a, there's a, there's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, and for anyone who hasn't played postal, I guess we're all kind of assuming that you, you've heard of it, which you probably have if you're listening to the podcast. It's, it's sort of a cultural touchstone, but you haven't missed much. Literally, if you're wondering, like, is this game just a guy going around killing people for no reason? It is. Um, and, but, and when I told my mom I was doing a book about this, she knew what it was, and I barely did. <laughs> I was like, oh, that shows that like that's been something that's been on Fox News yep. a lot then, even now, because my mom would not remember that otherwise. Oh, no, I could only imagine, like, I could only imagine it's been on Fox News, and then also probably something that 
parents of the arrow like saw all the time like uh, oh exactly they probably have a handout about it somewhere this is what you should avoid like if you make art for the purpose of being a scare tactic then yeah people remember you as that best life (laughs) yeah right exactly um but there's i mean there's this question of motive uh in that and there's a question of motive in every video game which is like outside of just like accomplishing the uh, achievements or or you know fleshing out the random goals in the game especially in contemporary work and so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you want to oh, talk a little and, bit about and, uh, Dead Space. and let me just let you know that yeah. the steam achievements for uh postal Ooh, nice. are, are all uh, arrested development references and i was what? like i don't get it <laughs> what like the achievement banger in the mouth is for taking a rocket to the face <laughs> And no. I just blew myself is the achievement for committing suicide in the game. And I'm just like, who who here was the guy who was just like, you know what I think everyone loves? It's our game and Arrested Development and yeah. nothing else. I bet Mitch Hurwitz is going to love this. Like, I am going to call him and make sure he knows. <laughs> hey, man, did you ever hear about this game from 97? Well, it thinks that you and it are the same thing. And it's just this grim, dark, edgelord fuck fantasy, so. Just like Arrested Development. Like, who, who? <laughs> you remember how Jason Bateman wore, like, a, a duster and carried a shotgun through every scene? <laughs> your, your dark revenge fantasy uh, sitcom. <laughs> oh, literally Arrested Development? <laughs> right. Oh, heavy on the arrested. <laughs> But, uh, you know, these, like, <clears throat> especially in contemporary games, right, like, and actually in some ways, <clears throat> excuse me, as a uh, response to something like Postal, contemporary games are so interested in providing, um, you know, motivation past the kind of uh, id-centric, you know, I'm just going to shoot everyone, I'm going to kill everyone kind of uh, motivation. Sure. And so we were talking about, uh, you, you brought up Dead Space, and... Um, I was reminding myself of what it was. It's been a while since I've played it. Um, but you described it, and I thought it was a really evocative way of doing it, as like, uh, Scientolo- what if Scientology was real? It, um, it, it is. It's, it's what if Scientology's theories were, were right? And and it's so... And the more I thought about that, like, uh, and if you haven't played the Dead Space games, uh, picture Event Horizon, there's just a bunch of monsters and weirdo shit. Uh, but it all stems from this uh, sort of thing called the marker that's this big uh, totem uh, and there are followers of a religion from earth that believe that this is you know our, our our evolution and so every game and the animated movies and stuff all of these people that all like very much like kevin bacon's tv show the following uh, <laughs> just in this weird moment suddenly turn and they're like ah it turns out i was a supporter of these guys all the time and like you know they're gonna fuck your skull to death, right? Like, they're weird monsters. Right. Uh, but it is a religion based on on the space alien thing, and then it turns out that they're right. And, and I think it's so delighting because not only is that thing cool to, like, be used to mock Scientology, but also not mock it that hard, but also the idea that, like, actually no religion has ever been proven true about anything which is why they're religions uh and so there's something very fascinating about especially as the series goes on about watching people that are uh members of this religion as they learn more and more how right they were about the thing uh that it's and and 
you know, I sometimes it's difficult to tell. Like there are characters very early on that are 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 big into unitology uh, that uh, you're like. You, but you just know that you—they're just gonna eat you. Like it's a, it, this is a weirdo fucking <laughs> right. thing for you to be doing. And then later it, it develops into more of a thing where they're like, yeah, but we're gonna live in harmony with them, or like uh, I intend to die, and then be brought forth as my as my better form in this. And the aliens didn't feed this to them. This is something that humanity created for themselves. So you create your own sacrificial lamb scenario, and. God, it's it's just a, I, I also maybe there's a part of it that I'm just like even 400 years in the future we're all just fucking dumb <laughs> like no yeah we don't get better <laughs> as a species we will still just be like I think they want to be my friends <laughs> but what if they've already shown like hundreds of times they don't want to be your friends ah, maybe they want to be my friend not those other people's friend <laughs> I'm special I I'll, I'll convince them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit, I, and, and what was so evocative about this topic when you brought it up to me was like, you know, it reminds me of a lot of games I'm playing. So I'm playing through uh, Prey right now. Um, I don't know yes. if you've got a chance to play Prey I, yet. I, I haven't sunk uh, 80 hours into a game in a long time, but hey, we did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Prey's really fun. Um and, which, uh, which, by the way, I used the duplicating cheat before they patched it, and then just gave myself every single superpower in the same uh, playthrough. And uh, you monster! I, I I don't think I ruined the fun for myself, uh, but I, I ruined a little of the fun for myself. It's not that game. I mean, there's a lot to say about the game, and I. Uh, but I think one of the things is it's kind of a stealth game, and it's or a stealth and and, and scare uh, based game in some way. But um, it kind of gives up the ghost on that pretty early, which is it probably really for the does. best. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, for, the, for the entirety of the game, coffee cups will occasionally jump up and fight you. Uh, but the problem is not is not nearly that as much as it is that their combat system is weirdly broken and how hard mm-hmm. it is to find something. So, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah, but, the, you know, there's like, there's the... There's a vague religious, uh, if, if uh, Dead Space is um, the the video game version of Scientology come to life, this is kind of in its own way and as a, uh, a, a follower, a, maybe a loose follower of something like Bioshock, a version of like Rand, Ayn Rand uh, style uh, capitalism as religion come to life. Um and then, you know, just like, as you're talking about it now... And, and more uh, so because of the Neuromod thing, and especially, like, did you do the little side quest with the piano player thing? I'm uh, actually I'm just about to, with the, with the, like, the, the yellow tulip. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, can, uh, basically, in this away. game, there's this idea that uh, what they can do is you can map somebody's brain, and then you can put it in a syringe, and if there's a skill set that you want, you can take that skill set from that person. So there's... There's, like, a guy in the game who's just, like, there was this piano player that had been my hero my entire life, and luckily I got to map his brain right before he died, and, you know, if you could go grab that brain map for me, that'd be really important. But also now, he can play just like that piano player does, uh, and sort of to do that sort of, like, a ripping off of of specific skills from human beings, I think goes where Bioshock always wanted to go, uh... It's it's such a better idea than just sort of a general like you're a hacker. What if you were a specific hacker? What if <laughs> what if uh, what if instead of being able to 
uh, smash a watermelon, you were the Gallagher of smashing watermelons. Like, I just want to map Gallagher's watermelon smashing skills and shoot it into my central cortex. It's fine. These right. are fine choices. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, there's, like, there's a, a kind of, like, open freedom that the game, of course, complicates and, and demonizes in its own way. Um, uh, I've got then, a couple like, of different endings now, so, yeah, I've, I've been lectured to already. <laughs> well, you've, you've gotten the lesson of the game already. <laughs> You're all going to be surprised to learn that the, uh, that, uh, the neuromods don't, um, don't, aren't, aren't by the end, uh, uncritically embraced by the game. <laughs> but it, it also reminds I just love this, this new era of games we're in where it's like, you can make a choice, but every choice is going to make you feel bad eventually. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Um, someone described it as, um, I forget who I was talking to, but it, they described this kind of uh, tendency as the, uh, the trend to decide who will you kill, the puppy or the baby. Uh, <laughs> thought, That's pretty right. <laughs> um, but it, I don't know if you've me... seen the new season of, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. No, not yet. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> they introduced the, uh, the whole train switching, uh, ethos question. Oh, Okay. About how there's the three people on one side, one person on the other side. Sure. And Timmy Schmidt uh, instead uh, chooses uh, to demand the train hit her instead in between the two uh, as a solution to an episode. (laughs) And I was just like, that's how I feel like I play through most games at this point. Just like, I'm going to make some choices. And at the end, like, just everyone will hate me. And that's that's fine. (laughs) Just like, yeah, just just, you know, just. Take it all out on me. I just want everyone to be happy except me. <laughs> no one here has a savior complex. <laughs> no, Ever. not on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the savior complex with Brock and Trevor. <laughs> um, but speaking of a savior complex, it also reminds me of uh, the Doom remake. I don't know if you got a chance to play that or not. But, um, I love it so much. Uh, it's fun. It's actually like pretty smart. Um, but the, the one of the smart things about it is that it... Um, it keeps the general, um, I've written about it a little bit, it, but it keeps the general, like, um, tone of the original Doom games. It's very much like a super fast-paced shooter. Right. It's very much like just, you know, in a lot of ways, it's adrenaline, uh, and yes. that's what it, that's just what it does, and it, it kind of keeps to that. Um, <laughs> which is smart, you know, it's, it's, it's over the top, it's, it, but it, it makes every sort of piece of brutality a part of the, the game mechanic. Like, yeah. the way you get um, yeah. power-ups is by doing brutal, horrible kills on demons and stuff. Um, and so, like, we were, you know, we were maybe on drugs the night it came out, and I said to my girlfriend, uh, hey, I've just got to play a few minutes of this. And uh, after I, like, <laughs> brutal killed my, like, eighth thing in a row, I just turned it off, and I went and washed my hands, because I was convinced <laughs> that my hands uh, were dirty. I was like... I think I just contracted OCD from this game. It's very complicated. <laughs> it's a it's a rough game in some way. I mean, it's, it's brutal. Uh, <laughs> Have you it's watched rough. Doom Resurrected, the documentary on YouTube? I haven't watched it. No. They uh, they they do a like an hour and a half long thing that's just up on YouTube, which uh, it really gets into the weird like Doom Four that they were trying to make. That was basically a Call of Duty. Uh, and then how they scrapped the project to go make this thing, uh, and it's it's a fucking smart documentary, and and cool. it gets way way more stuff than like uh, 
like a company like that should probably lock down its canceled projects things. But it turns out that like a big part of it was that that uh, that glory kill system uh, was basically the big idea in their original version of the game. And when they decided to scrap everything and start again, they're like, you know what was actually maybe a good idea though was that thing. Yeah, let, let's keep that. People are going to like this. And people did. <laughs> <laughs> and people did. Um, but in that game, too, like, it, it, much the same way as in Dead Space, like, you get this, you get these true believers where, Absolutely. you know, there's the one character in it where, who, who's the the head of the um, corporation who's kind of just, like, in this, in, in the business of mining hell to mine hell. He's, like, a human progress kind of guy, very much in the prey mold. Um, but there's also, this other... You don't need faith because you're already there. You're like... Yes. Well, I believe in hell now. <laughs> I'm I'm in hell. Yeah, exactly. That's true. But like, there's the there's the other, and, and that's right because like, there's the other character in the game who's like his second in command who like isn't about the profit. She's about you know making the demons happy. Like she's you know <laughs> it's, it's like it's like let's and and she she's horribly treated. She becomes the final boss after her body becomes like totally destroyed. Um, <laughs> but like you want to ask her like what did you expect was going to happen? And of course, in her mind, it was it's something like you know total glory or or immortality or something along those lines. Um, but again, like the game sort of has to produce this as in as much of a human way as possible. And I think the game does a, a decent job, but it's always um, fraud because you're like, well, I know how this game ends. I've seen this before. Also, can we agree that if uh, Lindsay Lohan could sue uh, GTA Five? That Tilda Swinton should be able to sue yes. Doom over that Tilda Swinton evil character. Oh, she looks so much like Tilda Swinton. <laughs> it's, it, it, I, I literally thought it must have been her. I went to check to see if she did the VO for it. I was like, how'd they get Tilda Swinton for this? Oh, they didn't. You just, <laughs> you can make Tilda Swinton. That's the joy of video games. <laughs> I love, I love the pitch to Tilda Swinton for that one. Like you're going <laughs> to play, you're going to play the the villain in this one. She's insane, and she loves demons. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Straight up, I've done this character eight times before. I'm in. <laughs> um, Once I killed John Constantine because I was the devil. <laughs> well, so Constantine's an interesting interesting analogy there, because in film and television, we get these figures sometimes, like uh, Constantine or the more schlocky version would be something like the more schlocky version than Constantine, I, actually, probably not, but vaguely more schlocky would be uh, Devil's Advocate. Um, uh, yes, vaguely more schlocky than Constantine. I think I just I don't I don't know how to quantify that. I, I guess it is. I guess it is more schlocky. It's just weird to give Constantine that that credit. <laughs> uh, but, but there's these there's these buy-ins to demons or dark religion or or like the the sort of like other of um religion and there there's you know there are more uh cerebral versions of this um you know going back as far as um the seventh seal right but like you know in any sort of film or tv what we end up the normative ending of these things is like yeah, you know, we end up finding out in the end that humanity is about humanity. It's not about these otherworldly things because that sort of like leads you off track. If you make, right. a, if you're in league with the, the devil in any way, <laughs> you're going to regret it. Um, but the games <laughs> don't do that. 
I and, and I think that this was where I was getting at a little bit with with our topic for tonight was sort of this idea that was uh, the dark religions are very easy to take on. It's the light religions that actually have <laughs> followers that become this complicated thing, and it's always yes. I. I'd, I'd actually pitched it out to a couple of places a few weeks ago that it was like, why is it that Scientology is the only religion we can, like, take the shit out of? Because, like, Grand Theft Auto V has a, has a ten hour side quest involved in the, in the pursuit of joining Scientology. What? Uh, I haven't played, I haven't played GTA V yet, so that's, I, I, uh... There's, there's a character that lives in West Hollywood who's this, like, bullshit, rich, 40 year old yuppie dude who's trying to put okay. his life back together. Uh, and he, you get recruited basically by the Church of Scientology, uh, and uh, basically it's just like you keep showing up, uh, and every time you show up for a mission, they take money from you, like all the money you have. Uh, and the arc of this ends uh, basically with you doing a three-hour walk through the desert, and this is, as any achievement hunter will know, the sort of like level thing that you gotta just like grab a rubber band and leave it on your controller for a couple of hours sure, until of it's done, uh, which, which despite not having like participated in that whole thing the whole time, <laughs> uh, was still such an evocative. Like, it's one of the few things I remember about that game at this point. Uh, and but I was like, so there's Unitology and Dead Space. There's there's this other version of it in Grand Theft Auto V. I was like, we can all just uh, pick on Scientology because they're bullshit idiots. Uh, but, like, why is it that we don't have enough games picking on Christianity? And then yeah. Part 5 got announced, and I was like, well, fuck me. Okay. So that <laughs> now, now you can't do that article. <laughs> but, I mean, it's... But it's interesting too, because, like, you think about something like that. The other game we talked about was, um, was uh, um, uh, Outlast 2. And, I mean, that's a version of that, too. It's a darker version of Christianity. But I think you could say the same thing for Far Cry 5 when you're just like, oh, you know, this is, like, the dark version of it. Or this is, like, misunderstood. Or this is, like, taking it to a different place. Um, well, what's, your, what's your relationship with religion growing up? Um, yeah, I grew up uh, I grew up Quaker, which... Oh, uh, shit. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. This is what, that's what, that's what everyone says. That's what everyone says. Um... Uh, <laughs> It's if you don't grow up in Pennsylvania, you think Quaker is like uh, equivalent to Amish or Shaker. No, no, no. Uh, it's it's not. It's um Quakerism is basically just like the 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 easiest way I've I've explained it to people is um, organized agnostic agnosticism. Sure. It's like it's basically just like um the it's a lot of silent meditation. A lot of hippies like to do it. Right. Um, it's nice. I mean, basically, like my relationship to religion has been largely uh. Um, contemplative, I guess. Um, well, that uh, you know, there's worse things than that. Yeah, I would say I would say I'm happy. I'm, I'm grateful for the for, for that. Uh, what was yours? Uh, so you've seen the documentary Jesus Camp? I have. That. <laughs> Are you in that? <laughs> uh, I was as a kid. Uh, and like, there's a, even in that documentary, there's a kid that has a little. <laughs> like fucking awful ponytail that thinks he's going to grow up to be a minister in that church and is screaming about Muslims and other sorts of people he's never met before and how they have to die. Uh, and that's, uh, that's how I came up in a very, very that was hardcore religious situation for that sort of Christianity. Whoa. And that's maybe why I sort of 
wish there had been anything in the pop culture that I brought into my body and heart as a kid that would have told me to, like, uh, hey, maybe think twice about this. Yeah, even a questioning thing. You're right. Like, it's not... I guess I guess what we've been what we've been led to expect uh, in video games, and this is actually a theme that's gone from postal to here in the podcast, is like, right. you know, we've been expecting these uh, versions of extreme critique or extreme expression of critique, right? Right. Whereas, like, you know, you start to get something like this in it's not quite serious enough, but you get something <laughs> like this in um, it never is uh, in Assassin's Creed Two. Uh, where you know you're you're sort of like just one that comes off the top of my head, where some of the people you have to assassinate are um, corrupt cardinals or like right. people who are involved in this deep uh, conspiracy to to control the earth who are Catholics or whatever, right? Um, <laughs> Which they still are. Let's be clear about that. Because... Yeah, we, this this is a this is a uh, a podcast that ex- respects the truth of the uh, the Knights of the Templars and the way that they are controlling society. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of uh, nuanced uh, approaches to and, and nuanced critique. Like critique doesn't right. have to end up looking like. Yeah, like the moral of the story is everyone who's in a Christian church sure. uh, is is the devil, um, which is what we expect from video games. It's it's like not any more gentle or nuanced critique, um, which is well, kind I of think strange. Fucks, fucks with me about it, which is that idea that, uh, like in the '90s, I would understand that you've got this Christian panic, and you're like, oh, if we make a game that has an anti-Christian element to it, they'll protest us or we'll right. we won't have the sales or whatever yeah it was but such a such a landscape so far i feel like and this medium has not come with it yeah even even in terms of like the serious questioning of it like the there's um you know it's funny because you brought up uh super um you brought up bible adventures and uh, yeah. super noah's arc 3d and like it's amazing that the best version we have of some commentary on traditional religion in video games is the kind of like through a glass darkly uh, 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 ironic takes on these old games right like we're sort of like we could take it and be good postmoderns and say like wow that tells us a lot about religion in 1995 Um, but you know it's not it's not a game that actually uh, sets out to do that right yeah, I wonder why that is. Like, obviously, you know, they're they're just as in the '90s, uh, one would not want to take on Christianity in that way because it would be too complicated or too much of a of a knot exactly. to untie. One might not want to take on, say, Islam in uh, our current moment for a similar reason. Um, one can't imagine that like you'd make a game that would be at all uh, sympathetic enough in the right ways, critical enough in the in the actual right ways. It could probably like never work. That's why it's interesting that, like, uh, Far Cry 5 is taking on this sort of idea of, like, white nationalism, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, uh, when when I was reading people reacting to it, I was like, well, they have taken on, like, basically every other religion to this point. Mm-hmm. So, it, you just if you're, you're just checking things off the checklist, this is just what's next. Uh, and, yep. and if you were going to be Hindu... And I've said about the the spinning of the bells in the last game, or, or or anything like that. Like that that was there. It's it's 
It is to hmm. quote the postal guys in their sort of philosophy as an equal opportunity offender status. <laughs> hey, it's me, South Park. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a friend who had a uh, had a bumper sticker on his fridge that said, uh, "I'm not racist. I, I hate everyone equally." But mostly the blacks, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you are terrible. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, Ugh. man, you you just you, you you get moments like that back in your memory, and like they're almost never good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember growing up super Christian, and uh, at our local local Christian bookstore, there was this spreadsheet graph that if anyone listening to this has any sort of archive archive copy of or can remember it, or knows what I would ever search on Google to find it. Uh, it was this cheat sheet for, like, aunts and grandmas that was like, uh, if your kid likes this uh, mainstream, or, like, uh, it was it, the word wasn't even mainstream. It was yeah. sort of, like, bad version. Uh, here's, here's a Christian here's band. A Christian act. So I was like, hey... Does this person like Marilyn Manson? They're gonna love DC Talk. Just like, <laughs> they will not. <laughs> like these these comparisons aren't even very good at this thing. But when you only have it's ten amazing. bands, you run out of things. Everything can be MXPX. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And like it's it. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And like it's it's difficult to. I think in some ways a lot of us grew up in that era and, and a lot of game developers of today grew up in that era of like hyper um, almost like hyper parody uh, <laughs> Christianity it where really like the, yeah like the, the, the bands we got were because I you know I wasn't I didn't listen to Christian rock but like I was aware of um, Tooth and Nail records I was wow. you know in the punk scene I, I knew that stuff um I had people trying to burn me MXPX records, that kind of thing. I've but uh, lead singer drives around his hometown in a uh, in a car with the top down, playing his own records at full blast. Cool. And I'm just like, so the the list of people I know that listen to their own stuff: Beck, Prince, the dude from Weezer, and Mr. MXPX. You like that? You really have like a two and two there, where like. <laughs> I guess this is, this is my morality uh, quadrant spectrum thing. Yeah, exactly. You could you could map it on that uh, that uh, um, authoritarian. Uh... My lawful unneutral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the all the you know, Prince and Becker are, are fairly unimpeachable. Rivers Cuomo gets a little rough, and then the guy from MXPX is like definitely a chaotic evil. <laughs> Cuomo did an interview recently where he said that he uh, he has. He has like a pill addiction. Uh, oh, but uh, he doesn't because he manages it via a Google Doc. Oh no! So he's like every every. Uh, so I, I write down all the things and I do the thing. I was like, that's the most Mister Robot motherfucker shit I've ever heard. Like, well, I don't have an addiction because I keep it all in, in a Google Doc. I'm like, yeah. Oh, but and it was part of the same. Like within the same like paragraph, he was also like. Sometimes on Twitter late at night, I'll ask local fans who's up, and then I'll invite them over to my house. It's like, yeah, that's what you do when you're on drugs and you're lonely. I get, yeah, <laughs> I get that's... that part. Did you write their names down in the Google Doc too? <laughs> wow, that sounds like that sounds like risky behavior, Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds like sounds like you're engaging in some risky attention seeking. Welcome to my risky business remake called Rivers Business. <laughs> just that Rivers Cuomo trying to talk to a woman. Slides in in his underwear and just starts taking pills. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the pills are all in his underwear. Uh, we've, we've created a better game than we. <laughs> yeah, this is this is now our pitch. This is what I'm going to send to people. I have uh, way through all of Outlast two yet. Uh, but my mm-hmm. friend Phil from Polygon wrote a review that said it really fucking triggered him with uh, Interesting. some religion stuff at the end there. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, you know, I haven't played through Outlast 2 either, but the, the things I noticed when I was looking at, when I was, like, playing through it a little bit and, like, looking at the initial work, and uh-huh. it reminded me a lot of that um, that style of, uh, like, revival religion, like, tent revival stuff. Gotcha. Um you sort of see it a little bit if you, if you watched if anyone who's listening uh, or or you uh, Brock have watched uh, I think it's like the third or fourth season of Justified. Um, there's this sort of like tent revival uh, storyline there with like snake handling and stuff like that. And Justified, unlike these games, kind of takes or unlike a lot of games we've been talking about, takes on uh, takes on uh, snake handling pretty pretty firmly and pretty harshly um, <laughs> by killing off the person. Justified who, huh? You're, I am a big. I, I like Justified quite a bit. I think it's. A, I think it's a really smart show. The guy, um, the uh, season one big bad, the Nazi. Yeah, uh, I he, I found out in an interview with him. Uh, he was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll play this like uh, fucking Nazi skinhead motherfucker, uh, but only on the condition that within the first episode we reveal that I'm like not actually anti-Semitic and I've been doing this for money." Yeah, and actually, it ends up being like kind of a brilliant thing because they keep being able to bring him back. Like he basically just like evolves as a person, so he still always has his Nazi he's, tattoo. He's the ex best friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he'll, he'll like he'll like have the huge swastika on him, but it's like, yeah, look, like now now I'm a businessman. Now I yeah. now I do this. Now, you know. <laughs> it's very smart, but like um, you know, that kind of tent revival uh, stuff is is really what I what I got out of Atlas too, and it really was like. I would assume. So, is your friend from Polygon? Is he like? Is, was he brought up in a in like a charismatic church? Or? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that charismatic stuff's really weird. Like, uh, you know, I my wife uh, grew uh, grew up in a in a fairly like traditional uh, Christian household, and like so she's you know she has a much a more normal relationship with a lot of this than I do. But at the same point, like <laughs> at the same point. The, the charismatic stuff, like the, the sort of, like, um, holy laughing or, like, um, speaking in tongues, uh, yeah. that always kind of puts her off. And there is something very sinister about it, uh, something, like, un... Uh, what's, this, what's the way to say that? You can't translate it, you can't you can't get into it, it's, it's, it's language but not language. Right. It's this, like, black box yeah. um, that I think lends itself to that kind of horror. Oh, interesting. Okay, I just now got what you're... Okay. Yeah, like you know, you, you you think about something like Outlast, right? And like yeah. the first game, the first game functions or or sort of structures its secret around this mental hospital and sort of like the things that happened in the mental hospital, and that's like which I went I went back to write about it recently and was just like, mm-hmm. wait, I never understood that the Wall Rider was nanobots. Like I completely <laughs> fucking missed that. I I was like, I played that game three times. I did not ever understand that. But then I was reading the. Uh, the fairly excellent comic book series that bridges the the two. Oh, I didn't know they made a comic book series. They're That's free. Great. They're on their website uh, at redgirls.com. Wow. 
I'll read that. It, it, it's done in a very, like, Ben Templesmith art style. It's just otherworldly good. <laughs> I was like, I, oh, I like his art a lot. Why, why, why don't we do this for more things? <laughs> it's funny. They did that. They, I feel like that was a trend. I remember the Penny Arcade guys doing that when I still read Penny Arcade. They did it for a couple of video games, and then it kind of faded out. But I liked that trend when it was starting. I, I'm a wow. little... I'm with you. Like, there should be more sort of, like story told in the oh overwatch does it i guess um that's kind of overwatch's main mechanic yeah. for giving its story since the game has none uh the uh, the new guardians of the galaxy uh telltale game thing as uh, getting a comic book prequel oh uh which smart. somebody i and i'm sorry that i can't give credit to the right person on, on twitter right now was like comic book movie video game comic book and I'm like there's a point there and i i initially re- misread it as that the Telltale series was also going to be released as a comic book. Oh. And I was like, what have we become? What's the point of the comic book, then? What's the point of the Telltale series? You've just... Yeah, both, are, both are null. Obsolete. Uh, but then I saw somebody also, like, a day later on Comic Book Day, pre-Comic Book Day, uh, hold up a, a copy of something that was a, a Zelda Link to the Past uh, one-off. Oh, weird. And the the combination of the two led me to write a thing that I just published this week for Zam that was like, hey, why don't we uh, make comic books out of more video games? Like, uh, like I, my wife will not play through Bioshock, but I mm-hmm. wish I could give her a copy of Bioshock she could read through and enjoy and, and do that thing. Yeah. Uh, we're also like... You know, Gone Home is basically static environments with with voiceover narration. It's storytelling. Yeah, if you yeah. if you made it a book or something, every like yeah. And, and actually, <laughs> I've written a lot about how it can't quite be a book. So I'm sort of I'm I'm kind of arguing a bit. Uh, sure. Get out both sides of my mouth here, but uh, but I mean you're right though. And one of the ways I argue that it can't be a book is that I think it would be less rich. But that doesn't mean it can't do it. Like you could totally make a. It's gone one home of those book things or gone that I'm home like, comic. okay, it's 300 bucks to own an Xbox or a PS4 yeah, right. or to have a PC that can play these games. And if you remove that barrier and there's a $15 version of some of these stories that people could then like read and, and also share in this, especially like the Link from the Past thing, it was obviously a one-off, but I was like, I haven't played a Link to the Past. I would buy a comic book that summed it all up for me. Uh, oh, man, you should play a Link to the Past. <laughs> I knew what I was in for when I... When you said that? Yeah. yeah. It was someone saying, you should play A Link to the Past. <laughs> <laughs> That's my religion, is uh, not having played classic games. There you go. I have uh, one of my... Um, I got my uh, PhD in English, um, just recently finished that up, and the one of my advisors, uh, his he's a, a very well-regarded Americanist, and uh, he <laughs> early on, he, ne- he like told someone he had read Moby Dick, and... Uh, <laughs> His, he decided, like, it was just, like, an incidental thing at that point, and uh, he decided from then on that would be his thing, so he's never read it. <laughs> like, he's just, he's like, yeah, I'm just not going to read it, um, I which I respect. I have something to put on my Tinder bio. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, no, I've never read Never Moby heard Dick, Moby Dick. <laughs> right swipe. Um, actually, I, I hope that's how Tinder works, everyone. I, <laughs> just, um, but, yeah, like, uh, I, think, I think at some level you've kind of revealed why we don't get a lot of... Um, you know, hyper-intellectualized, like, deep critiques of religion in, in these games, and that, like, right. a lot of these are ultra-high um, uh, 
high investment pieces, right? Where like you actually have to pay quite a bit of money to play them. The studios, of course, have to pay a ton of money to make them. And there's a lot of risk involved in that where like, yeah, if you make a game no one likes or you make a game that alienates a large portion of your fan base, then you could really take a bath on it and never get to make a game again. Right. Uh, Hi, it's me, Battleborn. Yeah, there you go. Right, exactly. Um, They took a risk and lost out. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Poor... Poor Battleborn. <laughs> that really, it that was, game really did take a bath. Uh, Mikey Newman was, I, I was visiting him, uh, and uh, there was a tornado while I was visiting him, uh, so we both had to hide in the bathtub. Uh, wow, cool. Which was uh, fucking horrible. Uh, but he was like, I'm finishing up work on this game, and no one's going to play it. I was like, it's a Gearbox video game. People are going to play your game, and it was two weeks after Battleborn came out that uh, somebody pointed out that on Steam, where people were running uh, disc defragmenters that were playing that game. Holy shit, I've never seen a sadder thing in my entire life. Oh no, (laughs) that's so sad. And they still had to write DLC for a year. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I was like, oh. oh no, just give that to me or some other friends that you hate. Like, yeah, just at that point, it's DOA. Just, just you know, DOA, just kill it. DLC. Yeah, DO. Yeah, <laughs> we've turned the DLC to DOA. Everyone can have it. It's I'd free. Colonial Marines. Have you forgotten? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's 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 also like a matter of. I think, like, there's a lot of hedging, and I think, like, the the idea of making the religion very dark, making it an obvious villain, is a good way of hedging. Where, like, this is kind of my, my hesitation with thinking that Far Cry 5 is going to be... I mean, I think Far Cry 5 is going to be great. I'm definitely going to play it, and I'm looking forward to it. But, like, this both hope and fear, uh, <laughs> depending on whether you're on the left or the right, that it's going to be this, like, ultra-critique of alt-right and uh, sort of, like... Uh, problematically evangelical positions. Sure. You know, it's it, there's so much killing. Like they they introduced <laughs> the fact that oh yeah, like we're just we're just killing everyone. Um and you can't really point to like your grandpa and say like, well, he has bad politics because he's constantly killing sinners. Like that's a grandpa's sin killer. Oh, that's like, a better name. Yeah, no, it, it is. Just like um, grandpa who breakdown. Uh, you just yeah. have to stop him by explaining to him this is not what you do. Um, yeah, no, it's like, it's not, it, it, it's it's always on the extreme, and so you can always, like, a majority of your audience can always disassociate and say, like, yeah, look, like, this reminds me of something, or as your, as, as your colleague said, like, this triggers a memory for me and, like, makes me kind of, like, uncomfortable or um, it, it, it triggers recognition on some level, but it's not the exact thing. Um, my, uh, because that's, that my is wife risky. is the, uh, the new head feminist opinion writer for the Mary Sue. Uh, so that's a position oh, cool. that, uh, certainly gets people yelling at her on the internet every day. Uh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I indeed bet. Uh, and, uh, I showed her the Far Cry thing and she's like, so what's all this about? I was like, so here's a walk through the Far Cry series, uh, from superpowers to exploiting culture to where we are now. Uh, and I, I fired up uh, Far Cry 3 for and she made me put 10 hours into that and was like, I fucking love uh, Far Cry Spring Break. I was like, yes, that's uh, <laughs> what that is. Uh, but, 
I was like, so, but the problem here is that, like, uh, that just based on, uh, this was pre-trailer even coming out, it was like, so you'll probably have to be a white male dude because this seems like a group of people that will indoctrinate the white male dude, and then you'll have to come back to that, but it'll be another giant AAA title that doesn't have a white male character, and her response, which she never wrote up as a piece, uh, was this idea that was like, actually, maybe this is the first game where I insist that a white male be the protagonist, uh, because <laughs> white males are maybe the sort of person at this point that should learn that this isn't going to work. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, what an interesting take. That's, <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought we were going to have a discussion about, like, why can't this be a black uh, woman uh, in this game? But, it, yeah, because, it, and, like, that's, that's so interesting that, like, yeah, it would actually have to be, or, like, it makes so much more sense for it to be, like, a white guy coming to terms with the fact that, or coming violently to terms with the fact that, oh yeah, this is a dead end uh, and, ideology. And, and that's what it comes to is that you know, if there's an arc there that teaches uh, people playing <laughs> this video game to not be a fuckass, holy yeah. shit, what have they done? Uh, right, right, so exactly. You've 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 made such a good thing. <laughs> maybe, and we're getting on an hour, so I don't wanna, I don't want to keep you too long. So this is kind of like maybe a thing to to wrap up at least my thoughts that I've had, uh, you know, maybe ultimately we can't do religion and video games because of all of the things we've talked about or all of the kind of, uh, hedges we've talked about. And maybe, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's too absolutist. Maybe we should aim towards it. Uh, but I don't think it's coming anytime soon, but maybe the, the stand in at this point has to be culture. Cause there have been a lot of games that have attacked like dominant culture recently, something like mafia three sure, yeah. or far cry five. Like that seems to be something that's mafia three. Hmm? what'd you say i I, sorry i missed your your comparison with using that for mafia 3 is such a good oh that's so good yeah i mean it's like it's it's exactly that kind of thing where like all of a sudden the the zeitgeist kind of shifts and now you can make a game like mafia 3 as opposed to mafia 2 which is like you know written by a gamer gator allegedly (laughs) or apparently i have no idea um you know, like, like very much a traditional thing. We're going to be best friends. I sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited. This is, this is the start of a beautiful, you're welcome on the podcast anytime. I say <laughs> that at the end, but this has been a lot of fun. This has been, this has been a blast. So anytime you want, um, you know, you can come on my mafia three podcast when I finally end up doing that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it, the name of the fake town in that? Hmm? what's the name of the fake town in mafia three? Oh, it's a, I have to look that up. You gotta, I gotta look that up. Uh, you, you respond to what I just said while I look up Mafia 3's fake town. Um, oh, New, Nor- New, New Bordeaux. New Bordeaux. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so perfect. <laughs> when, when, uh, when I was playing my version of it uh, here uh, on the Xbox One, uh, for some reason something aired out, and uh, the sky was constantly on fire. Like, I think Whoa. it would be a sunset or a sunrise, but just all day, every day, instead of having environmental effects, it was just a bunch of orange flashes. That's <laughs> like, cool. This is such a weird uh, apocalypse simulator. It makes me like it more, actually. <laughs> I I can see that. It, it must made, it must have made it really tense to play. 
like exhausting. Um, yeah, I think like I think there's like I think there's something to be said about games attacking the dominant culture now because I I don't know I've sort of taken it a little bit as a um, as a matter of course, but it's true that. I don't know. That's not something that would have happened ten years ago. You'd never oh, have gotten a game not. that would have taken on politics in that way. Well, Christ! Like it's it is such a tragedy that we can't talk about the things that let us down in these ways. And uh, have you watched The Keepers on Netflix? I haven't. Yet. I've heard a lot about it though. I you know it's it's one of those ones that I'm I'll watch eventually, but I've kind of heard everyone saying how like crushing it is, how like. <laughs> How brutal it is oh, to watch, but how much of a wonderful documentary it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but it is a lot about uh, abuse in the Catholic Church. Uh, and one of the things that my wife brought up to me while we were watching it was that uh, there's no stories about abuse in the Catholic Church, uh, and this one winds up being about uh, women being raped. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no stories about women being raped in the Catholic Church without it having to first start as a story about men being raped in the Catholic church as children. Yeah. That's Uh, interesting. And, and it was like, Oh yeah, there's, there's no spotlight about women in the church. There's, there's none of these other things. It was like, this seems like in this very gamic sense, that idea that it was like, there's a non-binary situation here. Uh, there's a, there's an opportunity for people to explore it. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, I just wish my dream of Telltale uh, do with doubt uh, would... <laughs> telltale doubt. <laughs> uh, I'd play you'll it. remember that. <laughs> remember that? I, I'm i going to play that game when it comes out. <laughs> You're going to be a rich man. <laughs> no, I will not be. No, no, you won't be. But... <laughs> But no, I mean that's that's exactly right. Like it's, I don't know. It there's a there's a way that all games tend towards that um, that kind of uh, Simpsons joke about the dinner with Andre. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Arcade game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a way that like every single moment of a video game development. In the back of your mind, you're wondering, like, is this going to get to the point where we're just like doing serious novels on this? And <laughs> most times, most times I'm most times I'm pessimistic, but uh, I don't know. Like, I think if there's a if there's a place to be optimistic about it, it's the way that it, the games have started taking on culture, which is probably the most low hanging of the many things sure. you can take on. Um, but maybe also the most important at this point. So I don't know. Um, I kind of thought we wouldn't get to a point where I was happy about. Uh, what video games were doing with religion, <laughs> but if it leads us to thinking about culture, I guess I could probably uh, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, that's that's fine. If it if it offers a perspective that involves you taking an interactive approach to what that thing is, wherever you are in your life, uh, mm-hmm. and and allowing that to, if you're religious and that allows you to pursue that thing further, and if you've got a weird chip on your shoulder and this allows you to work through something for fuck's sake. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Let's yeah, that's have a what it's all about. More of that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Like it's it's, and I think that's that's something that I'm I'm glad you brought up, and something that I'll definitely sort of hang my hat on to end is like it's important to it's important for me in thinking about this is like I'm not necessarily looking for games that are 
that do like the the new atheist thing and they're just like guess what dudes like that religion you loved is like bad it's not we know <laughs> that's been, we all that's know been, right everyone knows that everything they they've appreciated or grown up with is bad um <laughs> we're, we're used to that but like it's just not needed but that idea of like yeah i'm producing this and you have to work through it is um i mean that's something that like the interactivity in video games really can do uh and that's something that would be really valuable for a lot of people i think in terms of you know taking on what they grew up with be it religion or whatever and for fuck's sake i don't uh hold a chip on my shoulder against anyone who uh remains religious but for those same people, the same sort of interactivity seems like it would matter. Yeah, yeah it could, it hold, could... Your, hold your beliefs against something or yeah. work through a process or, yeah, there's there, the, the medium itself, by being what it is, offers so many opportunities for us to get better about what we think. And, mm. and the fact that we don't take it, that's maybe what's so upsetting about the fact is like, well, what do we talk about more than anything else? Like, I guess Scientology, because that's, we can all laugh about that and fuck them. We dare us, we dare them to sue us. It's fine. Right. Uh, but, uh, where's the video game that has Presbyterians in it? <laughs> right. Makes us think hard about Presbyterianism. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, seriously, it's like, there should be one that at least makes us think hard about it. <laughs> Yeah, man, I like that. That's really that's really smart. Um, so we're up at, we're up against it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. This was great. Um, so everyone, follow uh, Clock Wilson. Uh, <laughs> 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 everyone, follow, <laughs> everyone, follow Brock Wilbur at Brock Wilbur. Um, is there anything you want to? Uh, I, I guess I should ask you this. Uh, Two final questions. Anything you feel like we missed? Uh, we kind of were pretty comprehensive, but if you feel like we didn't, we didn't get anything, here's your shot. And also, anything you want to plug? No, uh, when I've got the uh, Boss Fight book out, let me come back on and we'll talk more about yeah. more of the stuff there. Maybe we can replay Postal together. Uh, we will definitely have, that... have a conversation about what's going on. Take out that maybe. We're definitely doing that. <laughs> that is... That... That is on the calendar. Trevor, you're a delight. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Brock. Take care. Bye. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Brighter than a lucky penny when you're near the rain goes. Disappears, dear, and I feel so fine just to know that you are mine. My life is sunshine, lollipops, and Everything that's wonderful is sure to come your way.